Hello, everyone. I'm Ben West. And I'm Matthew Cantrell. Welcome to... I don't know. Maybe, like, um, I probably could. I just, I guess I'm so used to the beard. Like, I've done a beard. So when I was a senior in high school, um, it was not... I'm recording, but... um, no. Yeah, no, when I was a senior in high school, I was in a play, um, and in the play, I was, it, it was called Two Rooms, and it was a really interesting play where it's like, um, the husband gets captured by a terrorist group and is put in this cell, um, and he's being held as like a um, hostage uh, for negotiations with the U.S. to try and like get the citizen back, Um and his wife has a dream of the cell that he's in. Um, and she, like in this kind of like fugue state, after waking up from this dream, like clears out his entire study and recreates the room that she saw him in and like goes to that room to just like kind of try to be close to him um, like she saw him in the dream. And so then the stage is the one room, the cell, um, where she spends most of her day thinking about her husband and like she insists whenever uh, the, the government agent comes to talk to her that they talk in that room um, because she wants them to remember what her husband is going through because it's becoming way too politicized and she just wants her husband back. Um, but it's becoming like more difficult for the government to like negotiate because they don't negotiate with terrorists, but they do want to get it back. And so they're like going back and forth. And then there's another character who's a um, uh, a reporter who's like trying to like represent her case and so insists on meeting in the room as well. And so the whole play takes place in that room. Um, and so then the husband in between every scene has like another monologue of what it's like for him. So he comes in um, at the end of like the wife scenes with these different characters and like will say his part and she'll be somewhere in the room as well. Um, and the, like in the final scene, um, they finally like meet and interact with each other in the room in this kind of like interesting way, um, right before she gets the news that her husband was killed. Um, and so it's just like this, it was a really interesting one, but so they were like, Hey, um, can you grow a beard? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I tried and it, I'd always wanted one because while beards were not popular while I was growing up, they've become way more popular now. But like growing up, like people just didn't have beards very often. But my choir, my choir teacher, the assistant choir teacher, um, had a beard and I always liked it. Um, I was like, man, like that's like in the Lord of the Rings, they have beards. Um, and I would want a beard. And so um, I like tried to grow it out and it did not look good. And, uh, like it didn't grow man. like from where the goatee would be to where like the side, like the, the chin and the sideburns would be, there was this giant gap. Um, and it grew just like, <laughs> it did not grow evenly. So you beard. had this like, yeah, you had yep. this line of, of skin between the, the goatee and this like mutton chops and it just like would not grow in and it was like scraggly <laughs> and the kind of like curly a little bit but not the good kind of curly hair it was like that this is not yep. good but i was yep. so proud of myself um and i i'm getting i picture. kept it for the play 
and people were like, what is he doing? And uh, I had some teachers who didn't know I was in the play <laughs> who were like, I'm concerned for the student who seemed so normal before this. Like, is he getting into things? Like, I had one of them, like, take me in the hallway and be like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah. Oh, my I, God. And I had no idea what they were, like, trying to say. And so they were like, I've just right. noticed that you, like, don't seem like you're taking care of yourself. And I was like, what, is, what are they talking about? And then I realized, like, <laughs> it was my beard. And that they were just like... This poor kid, like, isn't taking care of himself. Has something changed at home? Like, are both of your parents doing all right? Like, you know, is, like, is anyone hurting you? Like, that was, they weren't saying that directly, but they were kind of, like, inferring, like, because they look and they do say, like, when you work with youth, like, when you see massive changes in their, you know, you know, etiquette and their uh, hygiene, that that is a sign that there could be problems. And so I realized that, that I was, like, it was my economics teacher and i was like i i need to maybe consider not having this beard um but then i kept shaving it and i grew started to grow it more and more frequently um and now it's a trademark that's big and glorious yeah that that hair finally grew in like people said it's finally gonna grow in like those spots just keep shaving and just keep like waiting and keep growing the beard and your body will just kind of like even it out and i was like i don't know how it knows how to do that and like i don't know if you know like your <laughs> your you beard so. will stop at a certain place like your beard doesn't just grow perpetually to the floor um like most men have a place where their beard stops and their mm-hmm. hair stops growing and it's like how does mm-hmm. your body know to do that terminal length. i don't know like well how does your body crazy. know that your fingers need to stop growing at a certain point i don't know to me that, that feels different but Maybe not. I don't know. I, yeah, it, it, it is different. But uh, Good thing this similar. isn't an anatomy podcast because I would not be good at that. <laughs> but I, This is like the definition of an armchair podcast where we're really not experts on all that much. <laughs> right, right. But we can talk about the anatomy of our interior creative side because Ooh. I'm really excited to jump Smooth. into... Um, <laughs> thanks. Um <laughs> Our good friend Dominic D'Souza um, reached yeah. out to us and let us know that on Legend Fiction, his uh, website that we've promoted uh, in our interview with him, they have a new quiz that authors can take that has these different categories of what kind of writer are you? What kind of creator are you with your uh, creative writing and um, these different details? And um, he invited you and I then to kind of do like a live taking of the quiz and then sharing of those results with one another and just like talking more about like what we've discovered from taking the, the quiz. So um, I have mine pulled up here. Um, already we can see like, man, this looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that about Dominic and all that he does, uh, but especially when I've seen everything on legend fiction, like their graphics and and the way you guys organize it, Dominic, like boom, it's awesome. Primo, um, I love it because um, the aesthetic is so important, and it really does. It just feels epic and exciting. So it looks like we have the the Visioneers, the Calamancers, the Wanderers, and the Excaliburn. Excaliburn, <laughs> twice now it like kicks in. You, I'm like, oh, you got man. Excaliburned. 
Excalibur. That's the one I want. He's he's got a nice uh, about page that's got this sort of, and maybe we can dive into this later. But like yeah. with a wheel of um, like the the spectrum, and so we can uh, yeah. sort of like look at the our results and see where we fall on on the uh, on the wheel there. But yeah, oh, that to, is are cool. you ready there's, to dive in? There's lots of options. There's three oh, yeah. for each of the four categories: uh, the lover, the warrior, the royal, and the magician. It already so sounds good. amazing. All right, well, yeah, let's just dive in and we'll take it live right. and um, go from there. The Wanderies. Interesting. Which one are you? I'm the Chalamancer. So here, you you read through yours and then I'll read through mine. Explorers and magicians. Let's see. The Wanderies often explore the limits of creativity to understand the meaning of the world and their place in it. With the heart of an explorer, the mind of a sage, and the spirit of an innocent, everything is a frontier to explore. They wander the imaginal realms between matter and spirit, their acute attention like a wand bringing life and magic to reality. That's awesome. I mean, that that feels like you. Yeah, it does, actually. Like, I was expecting... Because I wanted it to be the Excalibur just because it's like sounds more up my alley. Right. Um, but I, I wonder if it actually like its definition fits me better or if it's just right. like the one that aesthetically pleases me the most. <laughs> Which, right. Like, like red and a Excalibur. sword does seem more. Um, the Wanderers are imaginative and intelligent writers who often excel in the genre of fantasy and science fiction. Okay. <laughs> they embody the innocent sage and explorer archetypes and often write about inventive characters who challenge the status quo like Gandalf, Alice, and Neo. Imaginative and intelligent, the Wanderers are excited to explore the meaning of the world around them, to understand how they fit into everything. They are drawn to writing that is fantastical and mythic, exploring the limits of their creativity to unlock the secrets of reality. These writers may embody the sage or explorer or explorer archetype, and they often write about characters who bend the rules and challenge the status quo. These writers enjoy themes of journeying, finding a safe way to be free that can con- uh, so they can continue learning. Interesting. And then it's is- got those three broken down. Do you feel like within those three, there's one that you identify with more? Hmm. Definitely more the explorer and sage. Um, probably the sage the most, uh, and, and the innocent the least. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm not so much into the safety element where it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be safe. Like I feel like a lot of my answers were saying that too, where it's like, I like running kind of almost headlong in, into danger sometimes. But interesting. Oh, and there's a daily prayer and habits. That's awesome. I want to hear more cool. about the Chandri first, and then we can jump into some of these and then talk about how we feel like it relates to our writing. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Chalamancers are attuned to how characters react and interact with each other. With the heart of a caregiver, the mind of a creator, and the spirit of a ruler, everything mm-hmm. needs their genius for order. They explore the intricacies of everyday life, how characters face real challenges, and deal with complex emotions. They are the grails of humanity, symbolizing the gift of cultivating communion. Mm. And, you know, I think I can identify with that. I, I, I wonder so. if there's something, because uh, there's a, a thing here, Enter House Chalamancer. And I really, I think this is 
great for the quiz that um, it takes you right into like sign up for the legend fiction community. Oh, um, cool. So it just, Oh, it is. Right it's in. like, it's like Harry Potter houses where exactly you're going to yeah. be talking to the people who like, you, you know, write the same way. Interesting. That are, yeah, yeah. You guys are so, so cool. Good job. Go, go Dominic. Yeah. Um, let's see. Chalamancers are inspired by the caregiver and ruler archetypes and often spend a lot of time developing their relationships between their characters. These writers are scholars of insight grounded in reality and draw from their own experiences and observations to create compelling stories. They're attuned to how characters interact with others and enjoy exploring the intricacies of everyday life. They strive to create authentic and relatable characters who are facing real world challenges and dealing with complex emotions like Elizabeth Bennett, Cyrano de Bergerac, Arwen Andomiel, and Maximus Decimus Meridius. The mm. writing style might be characterized by a focus on detail and commitment to accuracy. They tend to be meticulous researchers, and they work hard to create stories that feel true to life. They're particularly skilled at writing dialogue that feels authentic, and they enjoy exploring the different ways that people communicate with each other. These writers look for ways to serve, control outcomes, and innovate ideas to provide a sense of structure for themselves and their readers. And honestly, that's all that's all vibe and real real close to the stuff that I like to focus on um, within the three that are here. It's like, what's, are you getting a sense of what the one on the bottom is? So it's like caregiver and then is like service, the thing that they want or that they strive for. Like ruler strives for control. Creator strives for innovation. Yes. For service. Okay. Yeah. That's what it seems to me that they're, they're kind of on this wheel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm between the ruler and the creator. Like I do, like to sort of like order the world and put everything where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like the creativity and the innovation is a big part. Yes. Of what drives me. Well, honestly, like if we'd been taking it alongside each other, like I, some of the answers on there are like being a creator. And I've always thought that like, I, I like just, you're one of the most creative people I know. And like being oh a creator gosh. is something that I'm always like, Oh, Ben is like that. But okay. So you're going to laugh at me. Um, <laughs> Because this is so totally Matthew, but <laughs> I I went ahead and clicked on the uh, Excalib uh, the Excalibur just in case, and I'm looking at it and I'm like I must have been like an inch away from either one because like oh nice this one like this one seems to fit me as much if not more um, as I look through it because it's like um, well it says mind of a magician yeah so like magician is there. The hero with mystery is there, and then the outlaw. And oh, that's if, mastery. Oh, mastery. Oh, yeah, that makes a, a lot more sense. And like those, those things like really resonate with me even more. Mm-hmm. Of like leaving your mark, and like, um, like, and if I was to pick people on these different like different characters that I see on here, like these would be probably my, at least the hero and the outlaw, would be like two of my right. tops. Um, so that I just find it interesting that it's like, I probably, I probably was like an inch away from either one, but yeah, um, I wonder, I'm going to yeah. go with what the quiz told me because I trust Dominic and I trust you guys in this. So, well, there's um, a certain element of randomness, I think where it's like, right. I sort of like, this is pretty close. <laughs> yeah. And like, there was a few where I like clicked it and it like could have been either one. So I'm like, right. I bet if I took it again, I'd find maybe like if I like waited a week and took it again, I might like end up. Right on either one, but for the sake of our our time now, I I want to dive into this because also like I mean yeah like, um, 
the themes it's saying I connect with on here makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, is there now when if I'm if I'm using this word correctly, I feel like mage is a word that is sometimes linked to like warrior wizard or is it or is it just magic wielder? To me, a sage no, is not. Mage. Oh, a mage. Yes. Um, it's like a a mage is some is someone who I've always kind of thought of actually as like the the combination of a sage and a magician. Um, that they're like a magician is someone who like uses magic um, as a practitioner in a specific way, and like mm-hmm. a sage is someone who seeks knowledge and wisdom. Um, and like a mage is someone who like does that with magic where it's like, I'm seeking the deeper knowledge of magic. And like, um, like I would rate a mage as someone who's higher than just uh, the average magician. Um, so to me, it's like like one is a practitioner of this, of the arts of magic. One is someone who knows the depths of magic and like Mm -hmm. has wisdom surrounding it and isn't just using the power for the sake of it. Sure. I think I've heard it most often in a D&D context yeah. where like the mage is like the party member who's the magic wielder, like where, where other people are choosing, you know, swords or archery or elvishness or something there. The mage is the one who's like the fighter, but the fighter who uses magic. But I, I, I was basically trying to find a combo for you where you could be the Excalibur and the magician. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of feel that way. Like, I agree with you because like, um, like I think the mage idea is actually like a good match. Um, but even as I look through it, like the mythical creatures of the Excalibur are, uh, Phoenix and dragon, their tool is the sword. Um, oh my gosh, the motto is what we do in life echoes in eternity because <gasps> of eternity, my friend, there you go. But look like historical figures, you have like. Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, and Marco Polo. Um, characters, you have Robin Hood, Odysseus, Harry Potter, Aragorn, Captain America, Laura Croft, Jason Bourne, Katniss Everdeen, Indiana Jones. Like, that, if I'm being 100% honest, like, um, resonates more with me and my personality than reading the um, elements of uh, the... Wanderies. Let me look through it some more. Like, I'd be interested to like dive into it even more deeply and like see like which one, especially for the writing habits. Like, because right. like I bet so like the daily writing habit of the Wanderies is set aside some quiet time each day for writing and consider using guided meditations or other visualization techniques to help you tap into your imagination. Set aside a specific time each day to write. And set aside a dedicated space for writing. Whereas the writing habits for Excalibrin is uh, set a specific time each day to write and set aside dedicated space for writing. Start with a brainstorming session to generate ideas and then focus on writing quickly and energetically, keeping the action and adventure elements front and center. Hmm. I think you're right. Like I'm something in between both these because like even the way I sit down, I'm right. Like when I actually sit down to write, I'm doing more of the Excalibur. But like as I'm going through my day, I'm like sitting there in my imagination, like visualizing conversations and activity 
of the characters that then like when I finally sit down to write, I have to write like quickly and energetically and get back in the mode of where I was when I was imagining those things. It's interesting. All right. Tell me more about yours. I want to hear like, what are you finding in yours? I liked, uh, so he's got like a daily writing habit. Um, I actually, let me see if this all follows this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Best time of day to write, Chalamancers tend to be thoughtful and analytical, so they may find that they're most productive in the mid-mornings or early afternoons when their minds are sharpest. Definitely true. Like, I've noticed, like, as I schedule my creative work, which is already, like, I'm scheduling creative work, <laughs> but uh, the uh, I- I'm, like, top of the day is kind of, like, when I am most ready and able to, to do that undertaking, and, and I like the structure. I like having the routine. Uh, and so a lot of what I try to focus on is like building that routine in for myself um, for, and, and that's one of the things that's like, the reason I don't write more is, is whenever I don't have that routine and that structure in place. Um, mm. Characters, similar characters, uh, Atticus Finch, Holden Caulfield from The Catcher in the Rye, yeah. Scout, uh, Elizabeth Bennett, which I like Elizabeth, Cyrano de Bergerac, Maximus Decimus Meridius from Gladiator, Arwen and Samwise and I think like I definitely like Samwise he's uh he's it's well on the one hand it's hard not to love him but I also feel like he's he's like such a strong support he's just such a loyal friend mm. like I hope I can be a loyal of a friend as Sam is the I can testify is, that you are oh thanks Frodo it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome the motto is where you go I'll go with you motif is world's I met the creatures are the griffin and the winged man. I don't know. I, I like, I, I enjoy this. And it's one of those interesting things like personality quizzes. And uh, I, you, you may have done like a Harry Potter house quiz before and all that. It's like, there's something I think that it, every person can sort of find true in each one. And so as you're like taking them, it's a matter of finding those things that are jumping out to you. That's like, oh, that word, that, that descriptor there really feels like it's latching onto something that you're either like able to define as like, yes, I, I actively strive to emulate that. Or, uh, it's just this sense I have that that word just feels really right or something like that. But you're also able to pick up on those things where it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe that doesn't describe me as much. Or, or maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe I, like you're saying with, you know, well, I really like this other one. Um, or, or like this feels like it's a closer description and maybe it's like, because it's it's actually closer to to your personality maybe it's actually closer because it's what you like uh strive for mm-hmm. uh, and and sort of orient your life towards because i found myself answering some of those questions like uh what um understanding that there are certain things like i seek to reinforce my life with relationships that account for the things that i have been deficit in so um like i i really uh, enjoy friendships with people who are very decisive because I struggle with decisiveness. Um, and so there were some of those things where it was like, as it was posing the the questions, I was like, I think I would choose this because I know I don't have it. And so I don't know if that skewed my results at all. <laughs> if, if they were more oriented towards like, yeah, for, you know, uh, choose the one that you're most like, or, or expecting that to sort of be the outcome. Um, but yeah, yeah, just, uh, it, I, I liked, I felt like this placed me in a good spot and uh, I feel like I can do something with that. Cause now it's like it, rather than being like, I'm a writer in, in a sort of broad category, it's like, I'm at least 
more this kind of writer than that kind of writer. Yeah. And I'm not going to let that sort of like define me and, and say like, well, I can't write a romance because I'm a chalomancer and the chalomancers don't write romances. <laughs> it's like, all right, whatever I want to write, but this is at least a starting point to know, like I can, I have a knowledge of certain parts of myself and I can like through the legend fiction community enter into relationships with people who regard story in the same way or who are concerned with the same questions and who sort of seek to provide and receive support in the same way. So I think it's really valuable. Yeah. I, I for sure agree with that. Um, especially like where, like that's something that I, I'm asking myself here is it's like, cause even look at me, like I, I read the results and then I immediately clicked on the one I wanted and had been like talking about, well, was this one the one I was after all? And, and I have to ask myself, like, I, I genuinely do think as I was going, like each of the ones I was wavering over as I've read through these, like it was between these two. Like, I, mm-hmm. I do yeah. want to say that, that it was like, it seems like of the four options, these would be my top two. And if I did take it again and pick some of the other ones, like, or like really like leaned into it, I, I do wonder if it would be like a very close race. Um, but I also recognize that as like a theme in my life has been like what, and this even came up in one of the questions that we talked about where um, like I see myself as the leader and I am a leader, but then I also find myself more commonly in the role of a mediator. So then the, the question comes, which is like, I think an important question about myself that this is bringing up is, am I, like, what am I naturally and what do I like, try to be? Are you are you by, a diplomat like, with leadership skills or are you a leader with diplomatic skills? Right. Well, and like, am I a leader because I want to be a leader and so I strive to be a leader, but like... So I, and I act as a leader and I'd still say I'm a good leader, but like if someone else was meeting me and didn't know my desires or thoughts, would they make me a leader or would they place me in another role like this? Like, and I've had different points in my life where like, I, I have been chosen to be a leader, but ultimately it's like, well, like, which of these is more true, um, outside of myself? Like, how often am I crafting who I want to be based off of my desires and how much of it is like actually who I am? And so like I want to be more like the Excalibrin, right? Um, like even now I'm like, if I'm being 100% honest, I'm like, that's the result I really want. And right. that's the one I'm gonna like still like even consider like maybe I should take it again. But then I'll be taking it with that mindset of like, I want to pick the ones that I think fit this better. <laughs> it's like, Matthew, like, which one are you really though? Like, be honest with yourself. Like, I pro- I, I know that I'm between these two and maybe I could have been Excalibur, but the quiz gave me Wandery and, and I need to like sit with that and like let that be the potential is like, okay, like what if I'm more of a Wandery or the Wanderies than I am Excalibur? And like, what if I just want to be the Excalibur? But like, I resonate more with the, you know. Uh, so here, hold on, hold on, because because he's got a me. little uh, description here on the about the quiz page. Uh-huh. What if I feel like more than one house? <laughs> and so I'll just I'll I'll read that and then we could keep going. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't we all? I wish I was Ravenclaw, but keep coming up Gryffindor. I don't know anybody for on as a side on that who wanted to be Ravenclaw, who was sorted into Gryffindor. It's like Gryffindor is just the hero house. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's okay. Choose one and use it as a lantern in a dark place, as a tool to see yourself and others more clearly. We all grow and change. 
You might be a role for a phase of your life or the book you're currently writing. You get to choose. It's more about using this as a tool to make friends faster. Mm. I definitely was in Excalibur growing up and have now become wandery. People change. The most perfect among us changed the most often. Interesting. The most Dominic, uh, everything you wrote in that is what yeah. I'm feeling right now. I'm like, I, I've felt like I'm Excalibur most of my life, and I think I still want to be one, but I'm recognizing that maybe I am more of a wanderies now that I <laughs> changed and grown and like, it, it is interesting, like, because I, I am actually even in my leadership more in a mentor role than I am leading from the front like I used to enjoy doing. And so, like, I feel like I'm in that transition here and now, which is why this is so interesting. Well, I'm learning about myself, not just my writing habits. This is so good. That's great. Yeah, and then tell me more about, like, as you look through some of these, like, what are the, the things sticking out to you about the, um, like, the Chalamancers for you? I mean, I, th- I think I, I've kind of gotten what what I was going to get out of it. Um, the it's it's a helpful category because I think it's like some of the questions were kind of targeted at how what kind of stories are you interested in reading, what kind of things are you interested in writing about, um, and it's, so it's a good I think awareness tool where and and this is stuff that I I think I was already kind of conscious of um, is like the. Um, like, uh, I, I think I approach writing oftentimes as a form of therapy. That's like, mm. as I'm trying to wrestle with a difficult topic or something that's occurring in my life, or I want to process something, I'll sort of like play it out in miniature through story by subjecting poor hapless characters to tragic plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just sort of like using that as, as a window to analyze life as it as it occurs and happens to me and um that that sort of like feels like it's part of what the gentleman's are focuses um and so it's it's combining a, a little bit of that just sort of like that personality quiz of like hey here's kind of like some stuff that you're drawn to or interested in or good at um with that that aiming that focus that's like here's the stuff that you're like trying to build or that you're wanting or that you're kind of orienting your desires towards um and uh yeah i don't know it feels like it resonates so i'm i'm grateful for that because i i know um one of the things that it's it mentions is like community um and relationships and order and those are all things that are are not like um, important to me and that that i feel like as i as i create worlds and as i write stories are the the type of things that i i seek to focus on so yeah hmm. that's awesome um what are some of the things you're working on right now for your creative writing? Oh, well, there is like one big story that's on pause. And well, I think will always be a story in my life, which is the, the song of Bakria. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that actually brought us together. I think the first time that we met, I think I sent it to you right after I had recently finished it. Um, and it was a PDF, I think about like 30 pages, it's a short story. I still have it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that was, holy cow, that was 2019? Yeah. Late late 2019? Yeah. So that's four, four years old, three and a half. Um, so that's that story is kind of, I think, my heart story that, that is, is continuing to kind of uh, be developed and, and work itself out. So even this morning i was i was thinking about 
Yeah, like making those weird sort of minute edits where you're just sort of like, oh, you know what? It was playing out this way, but I think I actually want it to be this way instead. Um, or, or like this character had a name, but I, I think I want to change that name. And so I'm always, it, it's something that I go to often and have I, actually most commonly the time when I'm like, quote unquote, working on it is when I'm like mentally uh, reordering plot cards and organizing character descriptions and things like that. Uh, when my kids are up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so if I, if somebody's crying and having a hard time and I just need to hold them and rock them or pat them on the back for a while, um, that's where my mind is always drifting to. Um, so it's sort of like having reached that point where I got it to a shareable format where I was like, this is the story. All right, there it is. Um, I kind of gave myself the permission to, to put it on hold and kind of put it in a drawer until I was ready to come back to it. And so I'm convinced that one day I'm going to be coming back to it. It's just a matter of what what that time is going to be and and when when I decide to do that. Because right now my my big creative focus is on uh, directing animation, and so mm-hmm. that's been occupying a lot of my mental energies and planning and networking and creative time and that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to grow through my work as like an art director, and so focusing on like style and. Uh, visuals and and the actual sort of like craft and tools of creating compelling images um and then also doing that in sequence uh, having it be a moving picture so that's what i'm doing with the team that i'm building at work um and through that i have aspirations for directing short films um some like Mm. on the lives of the saints and um other sort of like fantastical (laughs) contraptions and things like that like there's one i think have i shared with you uh, the moonflower maiden no oh okay that's uh, basically like a um i really like the world of epic uh which is based on a james or william joyce uh book called uh oh what was it something something in the brave good bugs um but it's it's like uh forest sprites kind of a thing there's the oh the leaf men in the brave good bugs um and so you've got the leaf men these little they're they're basically little green samurai and they protect the queen of the forest and there's the Boggins led by Mandrake, who is the king of rot and uh, very fun things sort of playing out in this little forest world. And so Moonflower Maiden is similar to that in some ways where you've got this uh, basically like the it's the forest kingdom, but it's, you know, in miniature. And so you've got the little um, the characters are sometimes flowers. And, uh, there was one. What did I call him? He was like a. Uh, sprite dragon or something but mm-hmm. just just like really kind of cute and fun and imaginative and whimsical miniature forest but the whole thing is this this girl zinnia it has this major sort of like confidence crisis and uh needs to sort of like discover the the value of uh her gifts and discover those in the context of community with her friends mm-hmm. and the way she does that is through the mentorship of the queen of the forest the moonflower maiden who basically uh, uses the moon as an analogy to talk about the way that we receive and then bless the world through our gifts and how the moon doesn't create the light on its own. It reflects the light of the sun. And so likewise, all gifts point back to the giver who gave them and mm-hmm. uh, sort of like, very much for, like for kids and, and in a kind of children's context for, for everybody to appreciate. But I've, Damn, I've kind of imagined awesome. it as a, a book, uh, but I could also very easily see it as animation so Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of kind of finding the right road for that to take to 
being, that's being incarnated. Awesome. Yeah. And well, I, I think I've told you before, but like I have a, um, in the Arthurian kind of like um, Avalon world that I'm creatively writing in, um, like the, the thing that's captured my imagination the most at this point is like the world of the fairies, like the fae world yeah. um, that I've kind of like dived into. And it's, um, and like the character that I would tell the girls stories in the fairy world, like is Mist Flower and uh, totally different. Um, but I'm just like, I, I think it's fun that like both of us like have that kind of like, to, we have daughters that we look to and want to like <laughs> yes. share stories with. And then like, we find that like, this is a realm in which, you know, I, I think that's something that's really fun. And mm-hmm. um, that sounds really cool. Um, Cause like, I remember reading Bakria um, and, I, and I actually pulled up the email. I, because I don't have many people emailing me with the word Bakria in it. So uh, I was able to do a search. And February 16th, 2020, um, we had hung wow. out um, the week before. We got coffee. Um, yeah. And you told me about it and sent me the PDF. And you, like, I specifically remember you You texted me and you said, you don't have to read it. I just wanted to share it with you just in case. And then I texted you the next day and said, yeah. read the whole thing. It's amazing. I'm going to read it again. And you were like... <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I was shocked because that was like you were one of the first people I had shared it with and you were this like brand new friend. And I was like, this is going to be good. If you if you like this kind of stuff, then we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, right. And like there's something about like when you're writing, like I, I was talking to some of the guys in my um, marriage group. We were on our retreat this weekend and um, I was sharing about the sci-fi series I'm working on right now. And I was like, and I, it's like, I'm not saying it's like good or anything like that. Cause like, I don't know. I'm like, like nervous about telling people about this thing. And then I started to explain the world it's taking place in and, and they're staring and listening and like nodding. I could tell they're really intrigued by the idea. And then one of them was like, where can I like, wait, who's the author of this? Where can I get this book? Oh I realized like they got distracted and like came back to conversation and they were listening to the entire description and didn't didn't hear the part where I'm working on this. And they're like, I want to read this. Like, where is this? Like, who's the author again? And I was like, uh, me? me? Like, he's like, how far are you into it? Like, not very, but like, you know. Um, That's awesome. You've got it was one, kind of, one reader ready. <laughs> I know. It was like that, that like thing where you, you get nervous and you're like, you get in your head about, your creativity and you're like, gosh, like you're bearing part of your soul to people when you share yeah. your heart. And it's like very vulnerable, especially when you first begin. Um, and so then you get all like in your head and nervous and wanted to be perfect, but just sharing the concept of it, like all of a sudden he's like, that sounds great. I, I'm interested. Like, whoa, that's crazy. So that's awesome. No, I think like, let's, let's take a minute to encourage the listeners because um, the uh, it, it's such it is it is such a vulnerable thing, like you're like you're mentioning, um, and I think that's part of what makes it beautiful and part of what makes it important. Um, and there's there's something of your heart that you kind of give back to the world, and something of your unique perspective and the, the unique way that like God has worked on you and in your life that can be of value to others. Um, and it's it, it I think reinforces this idea that we have. Of, each person's unrepeatability that that there is no clone 
of you. Even twins have their distinct differences. And um, like it's it's worth speaking, you know, your heart to the world and it's worth sharing. And so for anybody who's got that idea where they're like, oh, I don't know, it's kind of dumb and this kind of thing. It's like, it's probably not. Like the world really needs you to bring yourself to it. And there are people who are like waiting for that beautiful thing that you have to give and who are suffering without it, who need you to um, like speak life and to challenge and to encourage and to uphold. Um, and so it's like, it's so important that we we take the time to do that. I had, uh, I've got a friend, Rebecca Loomis, who's an author and a designer. And she, she wrote this book, The Whitewashed Tomb, uh, which I recommend mm-hmm. everybody go check out. Um, but we, we called on the phone, we were talking about um, writing and creating and it just kind of come up that both of us had written things. And so we, we sent each other copies of things. And she wrote this, this note in the, in the front, Ben, never stop creating stories and art. And I just remember being like, so encouraged by, you know, that, that simple note that she put in there. And I, I wrote a similar note in hers, where it was like, she, she could see and acknowledge that like, there was something that I was in the process of like birthing that was important not just like good for me to do as like an exercise or a way personal growth or whatever it's like those things happen but it's like this is it is good and true and right and just that you are doing this please carry on because it's often a lonely road and it can be like rife with challenges uh and so it's it's worth having that encouragement to to go and make something and go tell a story because they're they're a way that we communicate meaning to each other it's a way that we um sort of like come into contact with those those deeper experiences of life and it's just how can how can we not look at that and say it's good exactly yes people need to hear it and the people who i hear who write who give advice on writing is just start doing it because it's one of those mm-hmm. things you just get better at it and like you're not going to know what to improve until you sort of like feel what needs improvement <laughs> exactly and like i i tell other people who get into the public speaking when they do ministry and they're like I could never speak in front of a crowd of people. And it's like, honestly, you do just kind of have, like there are some people who are naturally talented in that, of course. Um, But the way you get better at presenting is just by presenting. Like you get up in front of an audience and you figure it out, you get your ums and likes out and you just kind of like, especially when you're giving the same talk, you know, you definitely do the same thing where you kind of catch a rhythm and um, it's, it's something that as you do it more and more, you get up there a year later and it's effortless. Whereas mm-hmm. like you, and, and there are times where I've been speaking for on and off pretty regularly for, I guess, over 10 years now. Um, I'm on my 14th year of ministry, but I, I don't think I got to give my first like talk in front of a crowd until like the second year. So at least 12 years of giving regular talks. Um, and I still get nervous sometimes, um, but for the most part, I can just get up and get into the rhythm. And a lot of it is just that almost like interior muscle memory, if you will, mm-hmm. where you just yep. get up and can do it. And like, I think writing will, will be like that for me. And it's becoming more like that as I just practice it. And I, I think the people over at Legend Fiction and the communities like that are, are so good for that because it just gets us in an affirming environment where we can practice and work out those interior muscles and just kind of be able to create alongside other creators and support each other and not just do it on your own and then hope it sounds good, but to be able to like share, Hey, here's the draft of the chapter I did today. Like, and have friends who can 
read it and say, wow, that's awesome. Or like you have your, your friends you get really close with who can give you feedback. Like, well, I know you're trying to do this with the story. Have you thought about wording it this way? Or did you think about like the story beat being this way? It's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, that's, that's Still awesome. Yep. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad we got to take this quiz. I'm glad uh, Legend Fiction put it together. Go check out legendfiction.com. And, yes, we'll uh, have a link in the description. And we should put a link for Rebecca's book in there, too, for Whitewash Tunes. Oh, yeah. And um, any of those things, if you want to put Bakri in there, I have the PDF. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to show that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. But, uh, always a joy to talk about writing with you, Matthew. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for listening to Echoes of Eternity. Make sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, leave us a five-star rating if you like the show, and be sure to tell us your thoughts and what you want Ben and Matthew to talk about in future episodes. Tune in next time to hear more Eternal Echoes.